Fairy lights and an old studio light are warming my room. I really should change the bulbs in my ceiling light, but... I'm frantically cleaning up, moving things out of the frame. I was supposed to be home hours ago, but lazing in a warm bed this Sunday morning prevented me from doing that. In half an hour, new faces will be peering into my bedroom through my screen, and I want to set an atmosphere. I ask Emily if my makeup makes sense. I'm going for a red overdrawn lip and a blue and green eye. You look like the Joker, she says. That wasn't what I wanted. I'm unraveling the mask that goes on top. Embroidery and beading on a green sheet mask. This is not going to work. It's too heavy to hold well on my face. I'm adding thread and sewing it in the back of my head as we test our sound. Double tape will come to the rescue to hold it on my forehead for the next hour and a half. It's time. I sit straight, trying not to move my face as Emily double checks on her microphone. Make sure I have, okay. Samson C-O-1-U. I'm admitting Wes and I'm admitting Walker. Hey guys. Uh. Hello. Are you in the spirit of Halloween? What's that? Are you in the spirit of Halloween? Oh my god. Rob is in the spirit of Halloween. She is a cool cat. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Hey guys. Oh, I like that background, Emily. Thank you. Oh, that's her new house. This is my French chateau. Oh. Hello everyone, my name is Benny. Hi. <laughs> hey Benny. We'll we'll get to the introductions. Oh, okay, okay. Great. Hey, Benny, you have your Michael Jackson. No, it's I'm Mary Magdalene today. <laughs> I'm sorry, Benny, your facial expression has killed. As Benny moves his head, dark eyebrows, a musketeer mustache and goatee float around his face, moved by an invisible tide. And then the zoom filter finally settles back. Huh? Now we came back. Someone who has made an effort to dress up is coming in. Who's that? My friend Kara. Oh, okay. Oh, Kara. Cool. Her name is not Kara. It's Kara. Hi, Kara. Until tonight, she has never corrected me in our five years of friendship. I presume the prospect of having nine strangers call her the wrong name was the tipping point. She's dressed in her witchy attire, all in black, with a pointy hat and a veil. Hi! <laughs> There's a black kitty cat there. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> with props on every costume. Oh. I told you she made an effort. <laughs> I'm Lisa Sokolovska, and this is the Virtual Salon Podcast. The greetings went on. We counted the missing people. Some of us drank coffee, Jack Daniels, or Lambic beer. Then, Wes talked. He was the first one to wait in the Zoom waiting room, and he was the first to introduce himself and speak about his piece. All right, yeah, so my name is Wesley Israel. Um, I guess my profession is a mechanic. I usually work on Volkswagens, Audis, Porsches, stuff like that. Sometimes Ferraris and Lamborghinis, depending on uh, if someone needs a hand with something. But um, I've always drawn and painted. I've always been into expressing myself visually. 
Uh, sometimes musically, but I'm not as good, honestly, musically. So um, I'm basically from the Appalachian Mountains and um, I moved here when I was 20 and I'm 37 now. I'm a mechanic by day, I work on German cars and then I paint as much as I can when I'm not surfing. So that's a real quick bio. Cool. <laughs> You're busy. You work on cars and you paint, that's awesome. <laughs> So this is Wes's work. So that's just the last thing I did. Uh, finished it, I guess, two, three days ago. Okay, cool. Did you want to say anything before we start talking about it, or you don't it's have to? to you. I can I can tell you why I painted it, or you can just uh, pick it apart, whatever you. Whatever How big you is it, and what is it on? So this is actually abnormally small for me. It's about seven by nine or so, I cut it out of a piece of masonite that's a quarter inch thick at the shop. So um, it's like a drain, right? With some sand being- Yeah, so this is the drain in our, uh, where we live or whatever. Um, there's, I surf a lot uh, because I, that's why I live here, frankly. And um, I just noticed, I had been thinking about wanting to do something on the ash tree or the world tree or, you know, Yggdrasil or however you want to say it, or like um, even the cross, if you're, if you were in a Christian theology for a long time, but everything was very, uh, all of my previous sketches were super basic because they were just of trees and it was very, it was just too obvious. And like, even with a ton of roots going everywhere, it just didn't seem like interesting enough for whatever reason and it seemed too on the nose if that's a way to describe it and so like i said i was washing off after surfing and um i noticed all the sediment collected in the in the front of the drain just like this which reminded me of like the basin of a river delta you know which reminded me of the how the nervous system is laid out which reminded me of how like your veins are laid out and just like there's a whole congruency with just like how nature is so similar even though everything is very different and that makes any sense and like there's a whole like oneness and it just reminded me of i don't know it gave me peace frankly and um so i studied it i studied it and then i drew that and then i i, I painted it as loose as i could and still have it be like a visible representation of something I uh, I think Wes sent this to me like a few days ago, so I had I had some time. I didn't really like um, prepare anything, but I was thinking about it earlier. And at first, you know, when you see it, it's a little bit like jarring because it's like, what am I looking at? But then, you know, the detail is there, and you can kind of I think your mind does connect that it is a a drain and that there's sand washing down the train. And it reminded me, I guess, of like ephemeral aspects of life. I mean, I know you go to the beach a lot and you go surfing, so. It, it just reminded me of this poem that, it's like a 17th century poet, Edmund Spencer. I think he was like pre-Shakespeare. But anyway, he writes this, he wrote this sonnet and it was about uh, this guy writing his girlfriend's name on the beach in the sand. 
and how the waves would come in and just like wash it away every, you know, like every time he'd ride it in, it would wash it away. And then his girlfriend says something like, like, oh, you're such a vain man. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's not going to last. It's just a vain attempt to make something permanent. And in the end, he says something like, it's not true through my, you know, through my poetry, you'll live forever kind of thing. And then it's sort of this like grand, like. That's true. Yeah. But anyway, it just reminded me of that, you know, just like making something fleeting last, you know, it's that desire. So I don't know if that's really what you're going for, but that's what I saw. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what I was going for, frankly. And that's why I don't, I don't like having shows or where you have to like, there's like a paragraph or like a, a book beside the painting explaining stuff like that seems unnatural, frankly. Um, so. Yeah, you're saying it should kind of speak for itself. I necessarily speak for itself, but like everyone comes at something with their own background and their own ideas and with their own um, impressions of things. And so it's going to say what it's going to say to you or not say anything. And then that's totally fine too. But you know what I'm Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean definitely not everybody's going to think of like Edmund Spencer when they look at this. I will say I originally was going to do it 18 by 24 inches, which would have made it a lot more. I'm going to say grandiose, but like it would have been more obvious as what was going on. And I, I was trying to make it as abstract as I could with, again, with still having it look like something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like most of it's painted with a knife. Oh. I am curious um, if I may ask, since everyone went to like an academy and probably has shows and is in our world more than, way more than I am, like what, like, is this a stupid, is this a stupid idea or is this too obvious or like what? Like you can be, this is, this is a serious question. Like what would make this um, undesirable in that world? Like why would this be picked apart? Why would this be tossed aside? You know what I mean? I think there's no guarantee that any piece of work is going to be welcomed or yeah dismissed. Well, they, that's the thing. It, it, it's like, on the you know, why would a cafe not work in a neighborhood? why would a song not be picked up by a radio station like those questions yeah i can tell you why certain people will not like it well then like what is certain that? i can tell you why certain collectors will not like it because that's not what they want because they want to have i don't know pop culture references because they want to have yeah super flat abstract that. stuff because they're interested because some of them just want pastel drawings of landscapes and that's not it I really like what you're doing, Wesley. Appreciate I that. I will say, the older I've gotten, I mean, obviously, that's like I care as far as like what goes on, but I have I'm legitimately extremely satisfied with literally everything I, I paint, and I feel super lucky to feel that way. And I don't know if that's like deserved or what, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm just whether it's well received or not like it really makes no difference to me like I, whatever it is i'm doing like i know my, i know what i want in my mind's eye and like as i've gotten older and I, i'm able to actually transfer that to the two-dimensional surface 
and I'm, and be happy with it. And that's been a super big struggle. And honestly, I think I think that's why I, I got into portraiture because one, it's like it's a it's a drawing test, you know, which is always fun, you know, and it's always fun to play with light. Um, but also, there's like with with a portrait, it's it's a very much a um, a measurable outcome. You know what I mean? Like you either catch someone's likeness, likeness or not, or you don't, and that's like really satisfying for the average no offense to anyone but like the average like person mm -hmm. you know what i mean like when they think of art it's like oh does this thing look like this thing mm -hmm. you know um whereas like something that's either maybe the idea is abstract but the execution is much more realistic or vice versa or whatever is a lot harder to really pinpoint for yourself individually and also harder to um convey accurately across like everyone and that's why i was saying like it, it might be someone's cup of tea and like who knows what people respond to i mean I, I i painted this little girl looking up at this dead tree with a bunch of vultures in it a long time ago and some people think it's super dark and some people think it's like gorgeous whatever and then some people like cry when they see it uh because of some thing that happened in the past and like that super you know what I mean? I just, you can't. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Wesley, I just want to say a few things to you. Shoot. Um, I really like this piece a lot. And it's really interesting hearing, you know, how you come up with it, what it means to you, and even, you know, that you, that you don't care what people think, but you kind of want to know how we interpret it and all that. Um, I like that you didn't go to art school. I think that's really amazing. Um, Kind of gives you a voice that's uniquely yours in a way you can't say it's it's not like you're trying to copy somebody else's you know technique or anything um i like the way that you come up with this idea it feels really meditative um it feels almost like a prayer in a lot of ways it's kind of overlooked moment you feel kind of time standing still um, and the sediment, you know, now that you said that it's a drain, it really, it feels like it's inside of this, this porcelain tub, which is kind of an amazing uh, representational moment. I mean, I don't know if that sheen or shines from the painting or the, or the, or the, the photograph, but I really like where that's placed. No, that's actually the thickest white paint I put on there. Yeah, yeah. So oh. that's like, um, that's just with the knife, just... I mean that, that exists on the in the tub like with the way the light the light I use in the bathroom and how it shines on the tub there like that the, that is there so mm -hmm. yeah that and then that white section to the right yeah. of the drain it's also like a, a cool. that's actually there too so yeah it's really satisfying um when it comes to like you know what does it mean to me it seems like because it is such a shallow space, it kind of straddles this place between like being representational and abstract. Um, are you in an illusionary space or are you part of the materiality of this thing, of these, just these shapes? Um, which I, I enjoy that as a viewer, that, that studied painting, if that means anything to you, I don't know. But um, I make it, it, when I try to make it, a meaning of it, it it reminds me of something like the like the resurrection um 
come from a religious person to maybe another religious person, this idea that the, the sediment um, is waste and then it's going to go down into this drain, um, that it's had this life before it's, it's been there and then it's been kind of caressed by the water and it has these, these scars in it and it's kind of going down into this drain as waste, but it's not really waste. It's, it's water and it's going to go become part of something else. So I kind of like that slice of it. Um, it does feel, it feels like, a t like time. I wouldn't say it's morbid, but it, it feels like time is being intersected. And you're saying, let's talk about this idea. It's very symbolic, yeah. Anyway, that's my take on it. I like it. I appreciate that. I will say it's not that I don't, I don't care what people think. I, I'm very, very interested in what people think. I'm, what I'm saying is like, I'm very satisfied with the result regardless. Oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I love that. I think yeah, that's a so. uh, yeah. And then, and so this is something I've thought about for a long, long time. It's for not necessarily this painting, but like the idea of like an idea uh, permeating everything. You know what I mean? Like just getting into the soil and just like kind of like going down like, like roots of a tree. And I've used that in other works or whatever that are more surrealist, but um, since you were talking, I, I kind of like, I like the idea of like having like these, that the idea being represented as like the, the sediment and it looks like roots and, it's, and the idea is going down the drain to basically permeate, <laughs> in this case, the water system, but you know, just like permeates into the soil. You know what I'm saying? And so since everything grows from the soil, it kind of like just- It's like it's a circular- like grows, yeah, and so. Back. I, that, I just, I just thought of that. That's not something that was no, that was not a drive to uh, when I was making it. Well, I think that's okay. You know, sometimes like that's why when talking about stuff like this, you just come up with things that you hadn't quite thought about before. I was going to say, I just messages to you, Wesley, but I, I just actually interviewed someone named Fred Tomaselli. And he talks about how he, kind of this chaotic, beautiful interconnectedness of all things. And he does a ton of hallucinogenics, but um, not in, inferring or implying that you that you do or, or anything. I'm just saying that uh, there's something kind of that overlapped with the way you described, you know, how the soil is part of this and part of that. And he takes a lot of uh, ideas from nature as well. So I don't know, maybe you should check him out. He's like a collage artist and a painter. And he's, he's been here since 1985 in Brooklyn. Am I allowed to give an opinion because I'm not a painter at all? No, absolutely. No, that's why. You're not. <laughs> Non-artists are banned from. I'm, you certainly are. Okay, I would love to say that I love the uh, fact that I can get to know uh, you more subconsciously through your painting. It's mm. very interesting. Thank you. Very, very impacting i've been uh, I, I don't want to brag at all but i've been like at least 90 countries in the world i've seen like a lot of museums and this is quite something it's different that's all that's all i wanted to say actually because i'm not going to psychoanalyze you or not well you can i mean emily did the whole time i knew her <laughs> I shit. I'm the sorry. fact that you that was mostly you paint my eye is awesome <laughs> i mean my eye means vision 
that you are trying to look into something that you want to maybe yourself, your inner self. But it's amazing because all of this came from your brain though. So, I mean, I don't want to sound redundant or anything, but it came from your brain. That means that it's your subconscious who painted this. And it's really amazing because you have like these roots that look like dark rivers. And dark is not a bad thing at all. I mean, I'm glad you are aware of yourself. I think that means a lot because I, I am hyper aware. <laughs> and like I said, like I said, I, I had been trying to, um, I had done a thousand studies of, for this idea. And like I said, they were all just super too, again, on the nose and just basic and just too like classic Nordic illustration of the ash tree. And I just, I, I didn't want to do that. And you know, there's, there's a lot of times when you're just kind of like living your life, and then you just, as long as your ear to the ground, you can like something just comes out of the ether and just hits you in the face. And, and this is exactly what that was. I was literally not thinking about painting. I was exhausted because we've had a ton of storms this year and I've been surfing my face off. I was just washing down. And then I just saw this collect and I was like, holy shit. You know, like, it's just one of those things like this has to, you know, like this, I get to drop everything. Like I have to draw this right now take some reference photos so I can like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is not going to happen again, even though I'm sure it will just as time goes, but like, I might not remember because, you know, if you don't have to keep a, a log or a notebook. And so that's honestly been the hardest thing for me is just being like, like I said, keeping your ear to the ground, open to all the stuff that just flies around for everyone to grab onto, but you know, you have to listen to it. You know what I mean? I know that sounds super woo. But, uh, I, but, uh, I love the fact that you didn't center the pupil. That's very interesting. You didn't center the pupil. It's kind of like looking somewhere. Green. Yeah, I'm, uh, like, I said, like I said, that's all that the, all my compositions are based off of sacred geometry which is never going to be in the center of anything that's what i thought so that's kind of how that goes and also like just visually it just is visually pleasing as it as if it, if it was in the center that puts the roots which is honestly the focus too far down and then it becomes there's too much negative space up top and like there's a whole the weight of the negative space to the filled space is just is too overwhelming you know what i mean yes absolutely well thank you for letting me give my opinion oh no i appreciate the uh kind words i'm really interested in mythology as an astrologer and as um like i practice witchcraft and everything so i've studied various kinds of mythology and not norse extensively but i did um a little bit and isn't Yggdrasil like um leading to the underworld the roots sort of lead to the underworld area of is that right Wes yeah so um I I know a lot about Christian theology and then more about Jewish and as I got older I got into not necessarily got into but like I was just I started recognizing consistencies throughout old stories like very old stories like 5,000 years old 6,000 year old stories and so it's my understanding Yggdrasil basically connects all of the nine worlds mm. if that makes sense 
but yes, it, but it, it does it, it does go to the underworld. It, it does go to the underworld, but it also connects to the other planes. Um, I think it's very subtle. Like when I first glanced at it, it was hard to even see a little bit. It's very it's very abstract. And then as you go, what I like about it is that as you look at it, the longer you look at it, yeah, it's kind of a religious experience. And that the longer you look at something which seems sort of ordinary or two-dimensional, it's got more, much, so much more depth. And that kind of makes you think, it makes me think of like the unseen realms, you know, like the, um, just in the spiritual sense of going deeper, you know, you look deeper and then you go deeper and it's almost like you're going down the drain into some other world. And it makes me think a little bit too about um, Kabbalah in the sense of the tree of life. And I studied Kabbalah a bit um, oh. and Jewish mysticism. So, yeah. I mean, it can, it kind of just universal in that way of the tree and just the way that things branch from one reality to another. That's all yeah. I have to say. That's awesome. Yeah. So the tree of life would have been the original um, drive like that. That would have been the original like inspiration, if that makes sense. And then so, as like I said, I just was interested, I'm interested in all sorts of things. And so that's how, that's why I named it Yggdrasil, because one, it's, it's an older story, <laughs> frankly, and like all of the newer religions basically piggyback off that old stuff. And I find that very interesting and also very, um, this is satisfying, but almost comforting when you can have like stories basically repeat themselves over all of recorded humanity. You know what I mean? And that almost gives them more weight. And I'm not, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're true in the sense that like, you know, today is true or like I went to the beach today is true, but in the sense that like a, um, a fairy tale is true or a parable is true or like a Grimm's fairy tale is true. You know what I'm saying? Like a truism? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, we have two more credits, I think, agree. We took a break. By the time my mask was off, there wasn't that planned grand reveal. A little earlier, a bright blue square appeared in the bottom right corner of my screen. It looked as if Monica had joined us from sunny Mexico. She was going to speak next. Monica, are you in Mexico? No, this is my virtual background. I'm oh, okay, me too. I'm not actually in a childhood a bedroom. And chateau. So, Monica, you have one piece. Uh, it's a little one, so probably be quick. <laughs> that's not. That's not how it works. Well, <laughs> that's not how art <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just two square, a couple square inches. Let's analyze the square inches, <laughs> and it'll be real fast. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the, how how not big is it? What's the size? No, I guess that's not really what I meant. I think I just felt like I didn't have that much to say, rather than the size of the actual thing. <laughs> it's so it's like a study for something that I wanted to do very big. So this study, I'm trying to think, it's probably like 12, either, yeah, like 12 by 16, I think. It's, okay, I'm not gonna talk about it. It's uh, the things that are, stick out to me that are problematic, um, but the thought behind it was, uh, and I guess like for a few years now, 
I've been thinking a lot about like just the visual idea of like a um, centrifugal force. So, you know, something that's like that radiates from, from the middle. And, um, and I've done a couple of pieces like that over the years, but about three years ago, I had this idea, this kind of like being in the eye of the storm and thinking it's like this mentality of like what I see around me and like the shit show that's around me because I'm seeing it. I am the other. It's different from me and it's happening around me, but I'm fine. But like, really you like, you're not understanding like your contribution to the storm around you. So it's like the, I like, like the storm is you and you being in the middle of it. Or are you thinking that like, you're the calm, rational one and other people around you are not it's like sometimes you're not understanding the um, the contributive I guess elements that you have so there's like a little bit of I think like if you accept that then you enter into a kind of chaos because the the world isn't like as ordered as orderly as you thought it was because I'm just telling like the story of, of of my thoughts around around this piece but um so I've been thinking about like different ways of portraying this, this kind of like, I don't know if it's like a fallacy or like, like a perceptive fallacy and like different perspectives and different angles. And I've done some, like I've thought of like, what would the storm look like if, if like the viewer was, you know, in the eye and then like, like the painting was the storm itself, or if you're like outside it looking in and then um, I've been doing a couple of bird's eye view like paintings and COVID um, just had myself to work with. My, my bathroom, my bath was kind of like a sanctuary for me for like rest and uh, decompression and also just like being like in my body and being comfortable with and trying to just like sit in the discomfort of loneliness. And so I started taking some like videos and photographs from above. And then I got a whole bunch of fabrics together one time and different lights. And I started like moving around and trying to create this like centrifugal force. And I wanted to create something that feels like, like it's not one setting, but you kind of like, the the um, subtlety of the tub itself, like the kind of roundness, it kind of feels like grotto, grotto-like or cave-like. It's like a womb kind of in this to me. Yeah, or a womb, or I was thinking about in art history, like Renaissance paintings or like early Renaissance and like Byzantine paintings, when you have like the saints portrayed, like they're each... Satan is in like their own little cubby and like their own heavenly space as well. So kind of like holding space for that. And I guess like an introspection being sacred in some way. And yeah, I don't know. I guess I just have like thoughts on whether this kind of imagery, like besides there, there's like tonal things that I want to resolve, like at the top, um, there's too much of a kind of a cookie cutter contrast there. Like I'd want to uh, glaze over that and make make that less contrast and a little darker but just yeah just if 
the imagery with what I'm saying, if it does something. <laughs> I am, I'm just I have, curious. I have a question in regards to mood. I don't know, maybe because of my mood, maybe because of what we were talking about before. Um, it feels, what you were talking about feels quite kind of dark and, and heavy and not at all positive. While when I look at this one, maybe the saturation of the colors or the, the light that looks to be placed, it, me, it, it sounds much more joyful and happy and calm and kind of warmer. That's something that I'm just wondering whether it's my misinterpretation of what you see or my... <laughs> yeah, um, I think, well, part of the heaviness is, is how I'm feeling today, I think, and how I'm talking about it, um, but also how the idea started. And I, I consciously am making a move towards like clarity of color and highly saturated and slightly more like daytime color because my, I feel like my, I've been making a lot of really like heavy, weighty, darker paintings. And so like for myself, I wanted to try a different approach. And also I think with how, like I'm drawn to these colors now. And so I think that like my comfort with this idea of like, you know, like you don't, always like stop at you but like your actions like you know you affect other people they affect you like we're a little bit more porous I think that maybe like as I become more comfortable with that idea then it doesn't feel as heavy you know it's like the the way that I can talk about it yeah um, if I may say so the first thing I thought when I saw this was the term sanctuary reason being is my my fiance's work is in women's health and whenever she is studying she'll basically be out in the front yard under these palm trees on the grass with like this blanket around her and that that is her sanctuary in charleston not that it's like new york city is like a real city but like charleston definitely has like it's there's a lot of noise very little greenery and where we live happens to be like a little pocket of greenery and just quiet and it's like sanctuary. So like for her, like everything around is the chaos. You know what I'm saying? And like her blanket is mm -hmm. kind of like her little sanctuary because that's where she's on, you know, mm -hmm. that's where she's on. And she might just be like laying out in the sun or whatever, but generally she's laying out in the sun and studying for um, women's health stuff. So that's the first thing I thought. And um, are you looking for... Are you looking for like an idea as to how I had to resolve things or are you just asking for opinions or because I, I think the idea is phenomenal and I think the composition is phenomenal as well. I, I think if if this green wrapped around the whole thing, it might mm -hmm. tie it into that, that that you were talking about having having like this chaos being like encompassing and how you are part of that how you are a part of that, even though you do, you are trying to not be, or you may view yourself as outside of that. If you have like the, whatever the boundary is like around the edge, how, if it creeps into the quote, like the sanctuary area, quote unquote, that might help you. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as like visually yeah. represent what you're trying to say. 
it's just like an, an idea. Like I said, I really I dig the idea for sure. And like I said, the composition is great. Um, but I understand what what you're what you're trying to what you're trying to get to, and like how you might. That's just like a way how I might resolve it if it was something I was painting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate that. That's cool. I I like how you can relate to that. But like um, I said, how how I would maybe resolve it has everything to do with how I relate with it. So I I can't speak mm-hmm. I can't speak on how you relate to it, obviously, because I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So compositionally, I I like how um, there's I don't know how big the piece is, but on my screen there's like an inch on each side that's sort of like it's kind of framing it. You probably taped it off or something. Um, yeah. So this was a study for something bigger, and I had taped it off because the composition is going to be. I I didn't quite do it. Um, totally to scale. So I, I took the tape off and I started blending things, but the composition is going to be close. Yeah. Like closer to where that border is, but not, but yes, this, uh, just to answer your scale question, this, this piece is like 12 by 16. Something like that. It's like, yeah, something like that. But, um, the figure will be a little bit smaller. So like there is some like kind of wall, there, yeah, there's some like breathing space mm-hmm. on each side a little bit more from the figure where that could be more like environmental. Wesley had mentioned earlier how he was considering like the triangle in his composition, but his was like a grounded triangle. This one's, I guess you have like a few triangles. I mean, if we want to get into compositional oh, yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's like, there's an inverted one. It's, you know, I sort of like walked in midway through you while you were talking about this. So I felt like you were talking about some kind of like chaos or something. Am I wrong here? No. So I was thinking about like an eye of the storm. Yeah. Where like you think that like you're, and it's, it's interesting that um, uh, Wes, you said sanctuary because that is like what the eye of the storm is it's like this calm place and then the storm is around it but it's still all the storm so this idea of like you you're in this like sanctuary or in this calm space that you think like you're fully separated from and you're looking out and you're seeing chaos around you be it like interpersonal or political and um yeah you think that you're like a separate entity because you're of just the point of view that you're looking, but it's kind of all a little bit yeah. a part of you. Like you're, you can, you can contribute to that and that's contributing to you. Have you maybe thought about making the figure extremely small or like the focal point very small? So like the, like, like let's say if the chaos is all encompassing and it takes up yeah. most of the visual space. Like enveloping. Yeah, and, and then that forces the viewer to kind of like really zone in. And it, no matter the frame mm. choice, it really kind of like makes you, it kind of gives it weight and it almost feels like, it, it puts you in the perspective of the central person where like you are enveloped in this thing. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it is very serene, you know? So I'm not sure, like if you're going for that more of like, I'm being f- consumed by this like chaotic feeling 
I don't like necessarily yeah. like that, but I've been because that like there's been so many different ways I've like thought about doing this idea, and then the way that it's playing out in this one, like I kind of like it to not be so in your face. Like I kind of like to like seduce a little bit, like with with color and like with the tranquility. But then like once you once you look, you're you start questioning what's happening. Like is why is the figure like blending into the environment or messes with your expectations. That's what you're going for. Yeah. I think the color choices are perfect. I think they need to be bright and vibrant and almost um, an antithesis of what you're trying to convey. I think that's absolutely necessary. Um, And you could even clothe, like these are just ideas. You could even clothe the figure to to basically mimic the chaos if you wanted to, but still have like, like maybe show like her legs or like if she's wearing like a dress that like resembles whatever is around it, like uh, compositionally. And that, that would be like her being the part of that chaos, so, so to speak. But she would still be, again, like separate. Clothes in it. Yeah. Well, or not necessarily clothing, but just like whatever is on her skin is just like blending in with the surroundings. Whereas like you almost don't even notice the figure. It's just like a chaotic scene until you get right. in. You see what I'm saying? Or even like shadows. Oh yeah, they're, they're, um, or like yeah. the like the light, maybe the light patterns mimicking like some of the stripes or some of the things. And I just wanted to say, um, in thinking about the tranquility, and then you know moving outward into chaos. You know, being in Florida, seeing all of the you know um, tropical storm and you know um, hurricane references, and thinking about what that means to be in the eye of the storm, right? And so you do have these moments of calm and very much tranquil, quiet moments in that center of the storm. And I think it's very interesting what you're saying as far as the person being oblivious or not really understanding how their actions are also, you know, affecting or causing this, you know, chaos and pulling those colors or like you were saying, like the the pattern of the the towel that she's sitting on or anything coming out of her and going and like merging with the chaos outside of herself to the point where it's like where's the chaos coming from at this point is it from her or is it you know affecting her and she's just trying to ignore it or is she really just oblivious to the fact that she's causing this destruction and I think as you start to incorporate those things coming out of her, placing them very, they can be subtle at first, but then very much so, you know, maybe it's around the outskirts that you just have something that's very like, oh snap, this really is about her, you know? So whether you do that with color or with pattern or however it is that you choose to do that, I think it would be very interesting to see but it, it, it came to my mind to have the backgrounds. At first, I was thinking that they were um, different scenes, just different scenes from maybe different areas or whatever, but you're slowly blending them in to one another and then having something coming from her that ties it all together. And just one last thing that I was thinking, at least with this particular piece, I know it's a study, but what I really enjoy about it is the fact that you start pushing those boundaries just a little bit to the point where, you know, you've either 
blended or washed, but it's like there's a definite stopping point, but then you even bleed past it. And I think that that too kind of speaks to what, what it is that you're you're doing. Storms are unpredictable. They, they don't stay within the boundaries, you know? Mm. So that was just an observation for this. Thank you. Yeah, I really like what everyone's saying. I, I really liked what you said about it, actually. Um, you kind of opened with this idea of perceptive fallacy, like breaking a perceptive fallacy with this viewpoint. It seems like the vantage point is a massive part of this composition and about and, and even the, the concept. I wonder if you could amplify your your painting by thinking even more about the format. So what if this was a circle and not a square? What if, if it were a square, what if this was one scene of many and the vantage point was of many, many, many of people, maybe even of yourself doing different things on this bed or wherever you're kind of laying down, but from above. And then we'd have an idea that there's maybe the center of the storm even more so. I don't know if that's coming across for me as um, just within this, these, the information within these four, these four frames. I feel like it could be amplified with a, with a larger format or more figures that are maybe, uh, maybe even the same size, just more of them, but this is in the center. Uh, if, if the bottom is a, is a circle, I think I've said that seven times. Um, what if, what if you use, you know, the color, I think the color is really fucking cool. It's really warm. It does feel like a really intimate, um, special moment. What did I say? Oh, you said sacred introspection definitely comes across there in this image definitely comes across, at least for me. I wonder oh. if using a color and a frame within a frame within a frame could be a way of talking about that. So you might have like cool, warm, cool, warm, or if there's mm. many, many of you, what if, what if there was another version of you kind of like expanding outward of a larger version of you kind of glazed on top of this. So we were looking through a larger version of your body into this more uh, developed figure in the center. I, I like what you were saying about amplifying. Cause I think that's like, yeah. Like if I, if I can amplify what I'm trying to say, cause the, the, idea of the storm and I don't know if this is all in one painting or if this is like a series of paintings but there is a like a sense of right there's like the the calm moments and then the sense of urgency danger and and maybe like high I don't know like crisper like when when like the reality comes more into focus and things can be identified yeah like the idea of of amplification just like making the message stronger that's cool so in the first your first idea, what you were saying about, let's say it was a tondo, were you talking about like multi, almost like a big storm system with like multiple storms in this hypothetical? It could be you. It's an interesting visual. Yeah. We were talking earlier about like uh, diverting people's expectations. I don't remember exactly how that came out, but you know, like bright colors and that sort of thing. It definitely cues us on a subconscious level that this is... A happy thing or you know I mean the, the subject is more lighthearted. I guess like I'm resonating with that uh, with my paintings and what I've done in the past and um, I've had people say stuff to me like um, oh you should think about maybe doing like darker paintings like have you ever thought about doing like darker works and stuff like that and I guess my thought about that was always like like this is really dark you know what I mean? Like to me, this is like 
it's not like just because the colors are more pastel or more vibrant doesn't mean that the subject matter isn't actually you know darker I think about like Kate Spade for example I mean somebody who's not a painter but who worked in like that sort of like expressive way where it's like clearly she spent most of her life making very vibrant color patterns and happy things but you know at the end of the day she had darker thing going on right I just wanted to add that I mean playing with color it is also a conceptual metaphor for like coping mechanisms right exactly yeah you know like people with bipolar disorder in my experience I had a friend who was clearly and I, I always knew when he was manic because he would be dressed like in bright orange or you know like he was ready to party you know what I mean so thank you so much I yeah totally. didn't even know if I like wanted to speak about this and I'm so glad I did uh you guys are awesome appreciate it we hope that you'll come back again oh my god I look forward to it. this has been so awesome Yay, so, I'm so glad. I mean, we wanted to be helpful. I, yeah, I have nobody talked to you about art, and I could literally do this for hours if well, I had other, we'll, if we'll I couldn't, if I didn't have other things to do. But uh, yeah, free, and I'll be happy to do it. Thank you. Cheers. It was nice to meet everybody. Take care, man. We'll do. It's a pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye. And just like that, it was all over. From the artist confluence. This was the Virtual Salon Podcast with Lisa Sokolovskaya and Emily Carrick. The images discussed are available by link in the description box. Special thanks to our participants. Benny John Placencia, Monica Rosen, Robin Gibson, Sofia Kayafas, Wesley Israel, Walker Agustiniak, Elena Vallée-Dallaire, Kara Williams. Follow us on Instagram at The Artist Confluence. Music featured in this episode is Shades of Spring by Kevin MacLeod.